One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to Global Change Agents with me, Liana Brinded, the Digest Edition, a podcast brought to you by Yahoo Finance UK. You can watch a full version of this interview by heading over to yahoo.co.uk forward slash change agents. Joining me today is Anne Bowden. Anne switched a 35-year career working at some of the world's biggest banks to start a bank of her own, Starling. Starling is one of the UK fintech scene's biggest success stories and has raised more than £233 million of investment. In today's show, we'll discuss the catalyst that led to Anne becoming a startup founder. We also find out what's next for Starling and the bank's international ambitions. And Anne shares her advice for other budding entrepreneurs. So, Anne, welcome to the show. Thank you. Fantastic having you here. Thanks for having me. Well, let's go right back to the beginning. You grew up in Swansea. Mm -hmm. Tell us what your childhood was like. And actually, during your childhood, were there any signs that you really wanted? (laughs) Hey, I really want to get into banking. No, there weren't any signs I wanted to be a banker. Um, But I went to a very ordinary school, a local comprehensive school. Um, Probably, um, I thought I was going to be a scientist of some sort. Um, I was into chemistry and biology and things. Uh, But I eventually went to Swansea University to study chemistry and computer science. And I loved computer science. That was where I realised that hmm, the world could be very, very different. Um, And then after Swansea University, um, I started looking for lots of different jobs in um, in scientific roles, you know, I, I imagined myself in a white coat, um, you know, doing experiments and things. And um, but my mum said to me, um, try one job in a bank, just apply for one job, one safe job. Um, so I did. I applied for a job in Lloyds Bank and um, I got a job in their systems department in the early 80s. Um, and it was magical. When you say magical, that's not usually a word used for, I suppose, corporate life. So what was magical about it for you? Well, I came to London and I was sort of working for a big bank. And um, it was the early 80s and they had time um, to invest in their graduates. I did a one-year graduate um, programme. Uh, and as part of that programme, I actually worked in a branch. So I'm one of those few of those CEOs of banks that actually has stood behind a counter. Yep, I've cashed cheques. Um, I've done foreign exchange transactions. I filled an ATM machine. Um, so that's my sort of first six months out there in a real branch with real people understanding what people wanted from the banking industry. And then back to head office, where I was one of the first people working on real-time payments. Um, I think my early years in banking were quite unusual for the, for the, for the time, actually. Um, I was working in a systems department, building systems um, to help money move around the world. And, and those conversations where 
we, we, we actually appreciated what that transformation could do for individuals. It was quite transformative. Um, but I was very impatient. Um, I've had lots of jobs in lots of banks in lots of countries. Um, and every couple of years, I moved on to a new challenge to do something new. Yeah, I mean, you did work at quite a few major banks. You have UBS on there, RBS, AIB. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things during that time you're working at those places was during the financial crisis. Mm. What was that like? And what kind of, um, I suppose, lessons did you learn during that time? The financial crisis was very, very painful. Um, I was working in ABN AMRO and RBS, mostly in the international organisation uh, during the financial crisis. But it wasn't until um, I went into Allied Irish Bank's post-crisis as Chief Operating Officer that I saw the real impact of the financial crisis on real people. Um, I'd gone into the bank to do a turnaround to return the bank to profitability. And, and as part of that, I had to restructure the bank, um, make people redundant, um, you know, talk to customers um, that had financial difficulties. But the most important and transformative um, sort of experience was actually going out and talking to real customers and small businesses in rural towns in Ireland. And you'd go into a town and you'd meet the local businesses and talk to local staff and they'd tell you how the financial crisis and the banks had wrecked their lives. When you spoke to those people about how it impacted them, would you say that was a, I suppose, a moment that sparked like an ignition for you to want to do your own bank? Um, it took, you know, probably about a year for me to absorb the impact um, of what was going on. Um, post the financial crisis, I'd spent a lot of time going around the world talking to people about what they expected from banks going forward. And I had the opportunity to go into AIB to try some of those ideas out. And we were very, very successful. Um, we did a lot of big projects to transform the customer experience. Um, but I wanted to do more. I knew that just by incremental change, you weren't going to get there. So I started going around you know, the world talking to people about what banks were doing. I went to the States, I went to Australia, and I asked questions. Um, you know, what are the retail banks going to do to, to rise to the challenge? And I came back to Ireland, and one day I thought, well, it, the ideal world would look like this, a new bank. Uh, people had changed. Um, technology had changed. The regulatory environment had changed. People were asking for more. And I dreamt about one day starting a bank. And then one day I thought, what am I waiting for? Um, the only thing to fear is failure. Um, I wanted to do it, so I quit my job to start a bank. And how, from that, having this great idea, and obviously something that's, that is in the true sense, I know we use the word all the time, but it's truly disruptive, how do you go from that kind of ideation and drive to do something to physically making, creating this new bank and everything that goes within it, from whether it's like the data to the actual physical product? How? Um, it's a very, very big project, and, but you do it one step at a time. Um, I remember coming back into London, and it's, uh, it's January, it's raining, you know, the, the city's looking very dreary, and I start going from door to door, knocking on the doors of um, law firms, um, you know, asking them to help me with this project I had. I wanted to start a bank, a bank like no other, uh, based on technology and using technology for customers rather than against them, using data um, to help people in their financial lives. 
and most people thought, well, it's a great idea, um, but it'll take a lot of money, and will she deliver it? And now, five years later, we've done it. Exactly. And I mean, especially on the money front, I mean, women entrepreneurs receive a lot less funding than men. And while that seems to be acknowledged and starting to be tackled, I mean, what was it like for you? Some founders that I've spoken to before said they'd actually bring a man to a meeting or put someone on a board because it would help them at the end of the day. Did you do anything similar? Uh, no, I think I took the, well, I took the challenge on. Um, I realised that I had a lot of things in my favour. Um, I had a network. I had people who would at least have a meeting with me. Um, but it took a long time for me to raise finance. It took me two years. Um, but at the end of the two years, I had a banking application that was ready. Um, I had a team of people who were really committed to the cause. Um, and I had all the plans. So when I did raise the money, we could actually get going very, very quickly. Uh, but women do find it difficult to raise money. Uh, and my advice to women who are out there trying to be entrepreneurs is, you know, to keep on trying. Um, eventually you'll find that investor that really buys into your idea. And you've done all the hard work and you'll get there. I think that we have to face up to the fact that it's harder for women. Um, it's harder for women to reach the top and to stay at the top. Um, there's a perception from everybody um, that women in senior roles have to be perfect. Um, I've had a long career in large financial institutions and I've sat in meetings called talent meetings when you actually evaluate um, talent across the organisation and the bar is set higher for women. Women have to be perfect. Um, sometimes they're too hard according to the committee, sometimes they're too soft by according to the committee, they're never quite right. So what we have to do is actually talk about this in the open. So we give women uh, an equal chance of getting to those senior positions. So when you've been in those places and in all those big banks, what other, like I suppose what positive outcomes have you taken from all the learnings that you've had across so many organisations that you have brought into Starling? I think I've had a long career um, all over the world from lots of different organisations and those organisations have been very successful in their time but things have moved on. Um, employees want a different connection with their employer. Um, Starling needs to deliver not just a safe working environment. We have to stand for the right things and employees want an organisation that believes in things that are appropriate for this day and age. And it's all about looking forward. It's all about giving people opportunity. It's all about looking after the environment. It's all about being fair. And it's all about social inclusion. And we are very, very proud of the people that work at Starling really believe in that vision. You're here as a change agent for us, um, but we've read and seen that Madeleine Albright is a hero for you. What is it about her that you love and also what do you see in her that you identify with? I think that she, um, she tells it as it is. Um, she, um, and, and her favourite phrase about a special place in hell for women that don't support other women, um, it's quite telling. Um, I think that women have to support other women. Um, I think there are so few of us in senior positions um, that we have to look out for each other and the people that are coming up. When I started in my career in the city and in banking in the early 80s, 
there were hardly any women. And it hasn't changed. Things are not getting better. Just don't delude ourselves. Um, we need to go a long way until it's fairer for women and women are getting to the top and staying at the top and boards and senior positions are men and women 50-50. And when it comes to when you're saying that you're in industry and you held these very senior positions, what does it feel like now that you're... Um, how does it compare being a CEO versus being very senior in organisation but not necessarily at the top? Um, I think Starling is, is a bit of a one-off. You know, I'm the founder, I'm the CEO. Um, so anything that goes wrong is basically my fault because I decided to hire the people. I decided, you know, at one stage to go in that direction. Um, I've got the most wonderful job. Um, every day is very exciting. Every day is cramp-packed with doing things that are going to change well, I think banking forever. But looking back in my career, I've always loved my job. I may have been terribly frustrated by the environment or um, dissatisfied that I wasn't allowed to do the things I wanted to do or wasn't getting promoted fast enough. But each of those jobs, as I was doing them, I loved. I, I was in, uh, it was so, so exciting. Every day was very important. And when I no longer loved the job, I quit and moved on. So, you know, my advice to women is if you don't like those jobs, um, you know, move on. There's lots of organisations out there that will love to have great women and great inspiring women working with them. And now that you do have the top job, what would you say has been, um, I suppose, the bigger, um, biggest thing that you've discovered since becoming a CEO and founder? Um, the fact is that the most, the most wonderful thing is the camaraderie and the support that you get from, from, from your colleagues, from your team. Um, last night, myself and my executive team decided to um, run a shift at our customer service centre. So we all went down there at six o'clock last night uh, and stayed about until about 10 and answered customer calls. And it was so, so wonderful to be doing something which we're all very, very proud of in an environment that we are proud of and support each other. Um, it's a fun place to be. And what would you say is the one thing that might surprise people about yourself? Mm. I think people are surprised by the fact that... Um, even though I'm a CEO and even though I'm running a business, um, I'm quite happy and I enjoy it. And I really want, I really want banking to be a fun place. There's no reason why we shouldn't be, shouldn't be proud of being a banker. And to round off, because this is a very fun and Bowdoin fact, I yeah. feel, is that you read two to three books a yeah. week. How on earth do you do that? <laughs> do you have to set aside a very large amount of time no, or are you just no, some, no. Okay. a speed reader? No, um, books are wonderful and technology is wonderful. You know, there's Audible, um, there's Kindle um, and there's lots of ways you can cram in um, time to, to, to read. Um, so whether you're drying your hair um, or whether you are, you know, sort of, you have five minutes waiting, um, you know, sort of at a bus stop Whatever you have some time to read, you know, cramming that information, it's cheaper than consultants. 
what a great way to end. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us today. It's been fantastic talking with you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Global Change Agents with me, Liana Brinded, produced by Yahoo Finance UK. A full version of this interview can be found at yahoo.co.uk forward slash change agents. And for more information, go to uk.finance.yahoo.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.